0: Welcome to another week of the Champions Cast! We have a special and spooky treat for you this week. We have an audio reading of A Murder in Castletown, performed by over a dozen of our very own Zelda Dungeon editors. Originally written by Rod Lloyd and Kat Van Damme, we decided what better Halloween treat than to listen to the drama unfold in Castletown. Without further ado, please enjoy the mystery, suspense, and intrigue of the Zelda Dungeon original piece. Murder in Castletown.
1: When I first agreed to come to the King of Hyrule's birthday banquet at the castle, I did so for the princess. She asked me, and I obliged, as, as I so often do at her request. What can I say? We go back years, and there isn't much I wouldn't do for her. In this case, she still gets worried during big, big gatherings, especially when the King of the Gerudo is on the guest list. So she reached out and invited me to come, and, despite not really enjoying big gatherings myself, I caved. Still. When I agreed, I didn't exactly expect it to become a murder investigation, least of all, the murder of the King himself. Yet there I stood, staring down at his bulky, ashen, lifeless form on the ground, lying on his back, eyes glazed and unseeing. I could not help but wonder if, just this once, I should have told her, I'm busy. I sighed, feeling a bit defeated, and knelt to examine the body.
2: Her Highness insists there was no one behind him,
1: Lady Impa recounted to me. She loomed as she tended to do. It's difficult for a tall, muscular Sheka warrior to do anything but loom. Nevertheless, it was a bit off-putting, and not something I felt I could get used to. Often, I wondered how the princess dealt with it. I really don't want to be doing this, I thought to myself, feeling the woman's crimson eyes burn into the back of my head. I had seen plenty in my years, having fought monsters and beasts alike, but nothing unsettled me quite like Impa's gaze. Suddenly, finding myself lead investigator in a case of regicide wasn't helping, I sighed again. No blood that I can see, no entry wound, I replied. We won't really know for sure until the castle physicians get their investigation done, but I think on the preliminary, we can rule out stabbing. Besides, look there. I pointed to the king's mouth. At the corner of his very blue lips, traces of a yellow foam drew a line down his chin. You don't see that with the stabbed one.
2: What are you thinking?
1: I stood, brushing out my tunic, um, and adjusted my bangs beneath my cap. I really have cut them... I really should have cut them before the for the party. To look more presentable. Oh well. Um, I glanced back at the banquet table where the king, half-consumed uh, birthday dinner, lay scattered and spread. He had flailed a bit just before his death; Smear, uh, smears of meat and gravy coated his hands, giving sense of smears along the tablecloth. Have the physicians test the food nail? I directed.
2: Poison, perhaps.
1: Like I said, without knowing what they felt, what they will find, it is hard to say. But I would but that would be my best guess. So you say you have a few suspects? She took a moment to consider the scene once more, arms crossed over her broad chest, before gesturing me to follow. We left the otherwise empty banquet hall, and I momentarily felt a bit relieved. The sight of the king's very dead body was sure to haunt my nightmares for a good long while. dun dun not
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That relief was short-lived, though, as Impa opened a side door to the servant's uh, dining area and I suddenly felt myself the subject of attention of six very angry, very confused people. It looked like Impa had just taken a sampling of every race of the land and locked them in a room together, like some sort of twisted psychological experiment. Clear lines had been drawn between them all, and in the middle of the room, sitting at a table and facing the door, the Gerudo-Ging Ganondorf grinned darkly at the sight of me. Suspicion of him came really as no surprise. Um, He hardly seemed at all upset by this sudden turn of events. At his shoulder, however, his second-in-command Nabooru stared sternly, and her presence did take me aback for a split second. I had never pegged her as one who, to commit such an act, but she was Ganondorf's best. At the other side, like a lost puppy following a new master, desperate for attention, Ingo of Lon Lon Ranch wore a similar grin, punctuated by his slightly ridiculous, let impeccably kept mustache. Uh, the man basically worshipped Ganondorf, so I could see the logic in his presence in the room. "'Near one corner, Zora Princess Rudo and Goran Patriarch Darunia sat, "'leaning their heads in like I had just interrupted a hushed conversation. Rudo looked positively livid, scales around her neck and shoulders "'practically standing straight up with the tension. Uh, "'Darunia, being Darunia, ever brotherly, even in his most worried times, "'waved at me, and I, in action I returned before realizing "'how inconsiderate I might be given the circumstances.' Um, leaning against the wall on the opposite corner, arms crossed and staring daggers at Ganondorf, was the Hylian carpenter Muto. I hadn't interacted, um, too much with the man, but he was wearing his emotions on his sleeve at the moment, and it was more than clear to me who he thought was responsible. He didn't even look at me when I came in, even, or not that I was bothered by that, still, I didn't quite follow the logic right then in why he was a suspect. But then again, that's why I was there, to investigate things. Oh, This is going to be tough. I pulled my hand from, my, from the back of my neck. I hadn't even noticed that I put it there, to be honest. And I stepped into the room to begin. Rudo beat me to it.
3: Link, tell this woman to let me go. This is no way to treat a member of the Zora royal family.
1: To her credit, Imp had said nothing. But her silence only served to infuri- infuriate Rudo even more. You know I can't do that, Ruto, I said, shaking my head. The king of Hyrule is dead, and everyone in here is, uh, every one of you in here for a re- is in here for a reason. It's not my job to-
3: Do you think I killed him? How dare you?
1: Ruto's voice cracked. Next to her, Darunia flinched, and I didn't blame him one bit. I didn't say that, I said-
3: This is quite possibly the single most insulting thing you could accuse me of. You can be sure my father will hear about this. Now I demand that you let me go.
1: From the other corner of the room, Muto chimed in. I agree. You should let us go. We all know Ganondorf is responsible for all this anyway, so what's the point of keeping the rest of us? Just bag him we would be done with it. Ganondorf slowly turned his head to face the carpenter. That is something you will have to prove, isn't it? A small, confident grin remained on his face. Oh, goddess, here we go, I thought, rubbing my face angrily. Enough! No one leaves until I get my questions answered. Do you all understand? The room fell silent once more. It is a rather depressing thing so uh, to suddenly see the peace leave one's life. The, the, that, that moment of quiet I knew would be my last for a while. I did not really want it to end, and I already felt the weight of my duty over my head. It was going to be a long day. Okay, I growled, looking for looking from one face to the next very pointedly. There was one, though, whose presence altogether made absolutely no sense to me. First of all, Ingo? The man in question jumped at the attention. Were you even invited? I don't remember seeing your name on the guest list. I come in the stead of my master and daughter,
4: who have rather unfortunately come down with a sickness.
1: Something about the last part of his statement told me that Ingo did not, in fact, find Talon and Malin's illness unfortunate at all. I simultaneously made a mental note to go see the farm family with an offering of soup when it was all over, and smothered my distaste for their stable hand. He rubbed—he just rubbed me the wrong way, and I think he knew it. But did that make him a killer? Hardly. I needed to focus on the facts, whatever and wherever those may be. Impa, I said, uh, I said over my shoulder. She stepped up and took the lead.
2: Ganondorf Dragmire, King of the Gerudo, known adversary of His Royal Majesty, despite the rigid peace talks the two have been engaged in.
1: The Gerudo let, us, uh, let out a sarcastic snort. Uh, huh. as it, <laughs> Thank you. As if he found humor in Impa's characterizations.
2: Niburu, his second in command.
1: Uh, forgive me, Impa, I interrupted, a rather daring move. I felt her eyes glare down at me, but she let me continue. Can we just assume I really don't need introductions? Uh, I, I'm quite familiar with who each of them are. She nodded uh, curtly before continuing.
2: Niburu, acting upon the king's command. She is unflinchingly loyal and wholly capable.
1: Niburu didn't even look up. Her cold stare stayed pointed at the stone-cold floor. She, had, uh, she was just as intimidating as Impa was, and her poise did little to set me at ease.
2: Ingo... Who, once his royal highness had passed, was caught attempting to steal a ring off
1: the body. Oh, what an idiot! I thought, but wisely kept my mouth shut. Now is not the time.
2: Princess Ruto overheard pondering the benefits of a separation between Castletown and Zor's domain to the other guests at the
1: party.
3: And how exactly?
1: I held up my hand to cut her off. Derunia. Ha- oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Drunia was seen locked
2: in an argument with the king just before dinner.
1: What kind of argument? I blurted impulsively. Impa shot me a look of annoyance before relaxing her expression and motioning for Drunia to respond.
5: Oh, it was just about trade, brother, nothing more than that. You know we Goron are bound by honor. We handle business with firmness, face to face. We don't attack anyone while their
1: back is turned. I know, brother. We're just trying to get all the facts straight, I said, quickly realizing my inherent bias when speaking to a friend. Being objective is really hard. And, Muto, and Muto's contracts with the royal family have recently been revoked.
2: As you can see, each subject had some basis of motive in carrying out the crime.
1: But none of these cases are particularly strong, I thought. So much for an open closed book. I nodded slowly and adjusted my cap. Okay, so then, did any of you do it? No,
6: absolutely, absolutely not! Yeah. Come on!
1: I honestly don't know what I expected, but my question was met with a cacophony of voices, each speaking louder than the next, with earnestness, with annoyance, with glee? And one thing was very certain to me. I had no questions for these people. Not right then. Not when everything felt so unclear and so very fresh. Ruto was right. I really couldn't keep them locked up there. The very person meant to find a killer in the shadows had no idea where to begin. Not a single one of them even seemed possible in that moment. I'm sorry, Zelda, but next time, I don't care what it is. I'm really just gonna say I'm busy. I decided to dismiss the su- uh, suspects for the time being and investigate the banquet hall more closely. There had been something. There had. There must have been something, anything that could lead me in the right direction. The tables surrounding, ch- uh, the tables and surrounding chairs remained untouched. From the meals hours earlier flies had already begun to collect over the piles of half-eaten food no doubt drawn by the stale zest in the air the servants may have been instructed to forego their cleaning duties until everything was thoroughly looked over but that hadn't stopped these tiny pests from sullying the crime scene in their own way i slowly inspected the position of each chair one by one struggling to remember exactly where each person was sitting i was too worried about my own behavior at the time right why would I sit there studying everyone else? I asked myself defeatedly. Obviously the king sat at the high table, the princess at his side. If poison was the culprit, it must have been administered fast and only to the king. I turned to the table closest to the monarchs. The leaders and chiefs of each race of Hyrule had sat at the table, Darunia, Ruto, and of course, Ganondorf. They were certainly close enough. If one thing was if no one was paying attention, any one of them could have stepped "'over and delivered a, clo- uh, a dose of some deadly- deathly chemical. "'Of course,' I thought. "'That doesn't rule out the servants either. "'I'll have to order a thorough search of- for poison "'in each servant's quarters.' "'I then turned my attention to the food "'on the king's high table. "'Zelda would have shown symptoms by now "'if she too had consumed something foul, so I, prob- "'so I could probably rule out the food. "'Perhaps his drink?' "'A small silver chalice lay tipped over "'in front of the king's chair.' "'clearly dropped from the table in a frenzy of the moment. "'Now that's an important find,' I thought. "'The king wasn't one to drink from such a lowly apparatus. "'His usual cups were gold and encrusted with jewels. "'A man of taste, the king was. "'So the question remained, why was he drinking from this cup? "'Did he even notice the change of habit?' "'A sturdy set of footsteps interrupted my musings, "'and I looked to see Lady Emperor approaching from the hallway.' Did you notice the king's choice of chalice this night, Impa? I asked. She glanced quickly toward the floor.
2: Not something our dear king would dare quench his thirst with, I'd say.
1: Indeed. I gazed, my gaze immediately drifted to the other tables, as I hoped to see the king's cup sat somewhere else. Alas, there was no sign of a shiny golden goblet anywhere in the banquet hall. They can't make this easy for me, can they?
2: Perhaps our culprit switched the king's chalice with another then?
1: That's certainly possible, but what happened to the king's original one in that case? Impa placed one hand on her hip, looking as frustrated as I felt.
2: I get the feeling some of our suspects are hiding things from us. If not information in their heads, something stashed away in their cloaks. It's entirely possible our killer has hidden the king's chalice away
1: somewhere. I let out a prolonged exhale. I just can't get a clear picture of all this, and this mess, I said, brushing away a rayward plate from my foot. Striking shadows in the dark is just too dangerous. I need something that can give me a direction.
2: Perhaps this might be of some help to you.
1: She offered me a mask. Had she been holding it the entire time? Well, that's... (laughs) Well, if that's how astute my powers of observation were. The mask itself looked relatively plain. Hylian, slender, and pure white. Like it was unfinished. A basic mock-up upon which so many others would be uh, modeled. Why was I only then seeing it? Well, you try asking that of a sheikah twice your size, with biceps as big as your face. Um, you try doing that. <laughs> I took the mask in my hands, warm as though it had been, par- uh, had been on her person, and ran my thumb along the edge. Nothing about it particularly stood out.
2: It was found on the floor outside the king's private study, with the lock forced open.
1: Upon closer inspection, I noticed the... the- the craftsmanship the edges filed smooth still appeared uneven and the material felt like sturdy cloth stiffened and starched until it held it held firm a fine product really something orig- uh, originating from only one place in the land that i could think of well i guess it's a start
5: That is my mask.
1: I jerked my head from side to side, realizing I had been staring at the happy mask salesman. His, spi- his smile creeped me out, like something I would see in my nightmares. There is always something going on behind that toothy grin, secrets kept from the world. He picked a speck off his otherwise pristine violet sleeve and returned, the ex- and returned to examining the white mask.
5: Is there something wrong?
1: I'm surrounded by eyeless faces of beasts and animals taking t- uh, talking to a man who resides in a clown smile, and looks like he knows the fate of the universe, but it's all one big joke. That's what I thought. I'm fine. Just unsure of what I'm doing.
5: Right. You are investigating the King's death, are you not? I am. Well, allow me to presume to answer your next question, then. No. There is no record of a purchase to this mask. It seems your murderer is also potentially a thief. I see. Three nights ago, this disappeared from my shop. I have mourned its absence so, and now you have returned it.
1: He grinned. I shuddered.
5: Funny thing about masks, Link. We all wear one. The words we say, the faces we show to the world? Who is to say that the me you see is truly me at all?
1: My first thought was, what? My next, after a moment of pondering, was, oh. I think the revelation dawned on my face just as surely as it had surfaced in my head. The mass, the mass salesman noticed and met me with a sly, parted lips.
5: Do not be fooled by the masks we wear. Not everyone is who they claim to be.
1: I left the shop maskless and clueless, wondering how many beginnings I could possibly get before I finally found a lead that stuck. Okay, so, where is the best place to start here? The question really had no other purpose aside from breaking the silence. I was alone, in the middle of the late king's lavish quarters, and the sheer size of them did little to build my resolve. I have never in my life seen a bedroom so large. To be honest, my entire childhood house back in Kokiri Forest could have fit in here, and taken up just as much room as the bed. (laughs) To my left, several chests and a particularly gaudy armoire, presumably held at least half of the man's wardrobe. Pants, I imagine. Maybe a sock drawer? I don't know, (laughs) nor did I want to know, but something told me that I was about to be intimately familiar. Goody. To my right, the entire wall was lined with bookshelves, floor to ceiling, holding texts and scripts as old as the kingdom itself. More books, I think, than than Castletown's library, and a collection only second to that of the princess. Nestled in the middle and framed by intricately detailed violet curtains. Double doors led to a massive ivory balcony that looked over the entire kingdom. At that moment, the sounds of wind outside uh, were rather quiet, leading me to talk to myself. Well then, I guess I start with... I chewed my thumb for a moment. The bedside table? It was as good a place as any. Next to the bed, four-poster, canopied, and fit for seven peasants, or, or one king. An oddly small uh, bedside table stood, so short it didn't even come level with the mattress. On top sat a golden goblet, this one more akin to what the king would normally drink from, a book and a pen, and a half-melted candle, drips of wax building up on the table surface. I flipped through the book and realized, after a couple pages, that it was the king's personal journal. I froze, looking about, something about reading any further felt intrusive even. I don't know. Um, then again, the king was dead, and investigating wasn't exactly what I was there for. So, who is going to stop from delving into his innermost thoughts?
7: I don't imagine you'll find anything good in there.
1: Holy Hylia! I jumped in, in shock, spinning on my heel and dropping the journal on the floor, and my exclamation wasn't exactly wrong. It may not have been the white goddess standing in the doorway to the bedroom, leaning against the frame of a tired smile on her, uh, leaning against the frame with a tired smile on her lips. But the girl certainly had the presence of such grace. Make more noise next time you sneak up on me, Princess Zelda chuckled, uh, stifling a yawn before, uh, behind one gloved hand.
7: <laughs> Blame it,
1: She said, pushing off the doorframe to come and stand next to me. She picked up the book and glanced at its worn leather cover with a sad sigh.
7: My father wasn't one to keep private thoughts. Anything you find in here, he probably would have told you to your face. I
1: can, I can appreciate such honesty. I nodded, and then stopped when I realized she wasn't reciprocating the feeling. Why don't you rest? I was honestly surprised she was still awake. In the past day, I don't think she had managed to get a single moment's peace, and it showed in her eyes. The poor girl hadn't even gotten a chance to mourn the passing of her father. Somehow, though, I felt... That might have, that might have been in part by choice. She was, after all, heir apparent, and there was not a soul in this green earth that could dare tell her she had to do something. She could slow, she could slow down and take a moment if she so desired. I pitied her. She met me with a smile.
7: Stop! I've gotten that look enough from my servants. I don't need it from my friends.
1: If, as you wish, I obliged with a small b- uh, bow. <laughs> She nudged my arm in weak play, then offered the journal. So you think you can give me a hand in here? I'm not partial to handling his royal majesty's delicates if I don't have to. She she scoffed and shook her head.
7: So courageous, my hero.
1: Well, excuse me, princess. Her smile lit up uh, the room like dawn.
7: Fine. You're doing me a favor. It's the least I can do. What are you looking for?
1: I plopped on the cushy bed, pausing for a moment to marvel just how luxurious it felt against my backside. I really hadn't gotten much rest in the past day either, and I suddenly realized just how much of a mistake I had made sitting down. Anything really that seems out of place, especially if it references our suspects. Did your father have any uh, altercations? Known adversaries?
7: Other than the obvious? I'm
1: trying to stay objective here. She stored it and, uh and meandered over to the armoire. Fair enough,
7: but I can't imagine why.
1: Just anything that might point the way. I flipped open the king's journal to the first page, dated almost 18 years before. The date stood out immediately, and I read it, grinning to myself. The king had been so proud of his little girl from the very first moment he held her. He boasted often of that day, much to her chagrin, and she would respond with a very pointed comment about how refocusing back to whatever topic had previously been on hand i don't have much time to waste i don't have much time to waste reminiscing and a part of me felt sad for it nevertheless i plunged flipping through pages in silence reading the king's personal thoughts and reflections as he watched over Hyrule. nothing really caught my eye sporadic entries over the course of 17 years definitely left room for omissions and sometimes the king had gone entire years before writing plenty of time for cer- plenty of time for something to happen I didn't even seem. It didn't even seem like he wrote after particularly notable events. Even, one entry covered the finer points of a grand midnight snack, a snack he had snuck into the kitchen to prepare. Another detailed his thoughts on his graying hair, and how he could pinpoint which of his highlights were from his servants, which were from her, which were from sub, suspe, uh, subjects, which were from the court, and one single streak he attributed to his daughter. It wasn't until I got toward the, to the back of the journal that I found something that caught my eye. I almost didn't even process it right away. Misreading letters in my exhaustion, I, uh, I, re-
6: I read Orgons. Oh, that says Gorons. Gorons? I read on. Hyrule's relationship with the Gorons has proven rather strained, rather strained lately, as Chief Darunia further insists on raising the asking price for Ma- mined in Death Mountain. I feel I have no other choice but to withhold Castletown's medicines and potions. Such a shame to put a years-long agreement into peril. This is a reminder to bring this decision before the council.
7: Well, that's interesting.
1: The voice spoke right in my ear. I jerked and spun around, nearly smacking her in the face with my cap. Zelda, seriously? This time she full-on laughed, pulling uh, pulling herself across the bed to sit next to me.
7: Sorry, I will let the minstrels announce me where I am around you, but I thought you might want to see this.
1: I took two leaflets of paper from her uh, from her hand and glanced down. Well then, I read the first one. I read it again. This is... something. Where did you find this? Over there. She gestured, pointing over her shoulder to the armoire. The top drawer had been pulled out, and I could see the telltale signs of ruffled clothing within
7: I think he wanted to keep them hidden, though. I couldn't imagine why.
1: Shame? Embarrassment?
7: Did you ever meet my father?
1: <laughs> she, ro- uh, she said, rolling her eyes. The king hadn't been one for such feelings. Zelda was absolutely correct. But the severance of the contracts between Muto and his majesty is a, public- is a matter of public record. Everybody knows the king cut the carpenter off.
7: Muto messed up. He couldn't meet his end of the deal, so he lost the contracts.
1: Right. I immediately shut my trap, sometimes remembering that my friend was also first and foremost a member of the royal family didn't come easily still, I had to hand it to her. I asked for help finding clues, and she delivered in my hands two letters dated a season prior. the first was from the Mo- the first was from Muto the carpenter. Your Majesty, I received this letter by Coria some hours ago, and I first have to say this. I would have hoped that you and your counsel would have, would have had the spine to deliver the news to my face, but it seems that, based on your so-called thorough review, you found me and my work to be unworthy of any respect. I expected more from you as a man, but I can't say I expected more from your position. That's not hard to understand. It's not hard to understand that you would treat me like an ant, but my work speaks for itself. If you are not satisfied with the quality of my work or the swiftness in which I completed it, that is your mistake. I can think of countless kingdoms that would appreciate the chance to work with someone as talented as me and my team. But when you see the towers and the fortresses and the grand castles that bear my cornerstone, you'll realize your poor judgment. You'll regret this decision, I promise you that. Muto, of Muto Carpentry and Partners. One could, see the of, one could see the harshness of his handwriting, just how strongly Muto felt about the situation. And the dark and heavy lines of ink were made even more noticeable as he fumbled to the second letter. As I fumbled to the second letter. <laughs> one more calm and clinical. It was an ordinance bearing the royal sea of Hyrule.
6: By royal, dec- by royal decree of King Hyrule, after conducting a thorough review, the services rendered... The Throne and the Royal Council thus hold Muto Carpentry in violation of the contract agreement established two seasons ago. From this time onward, the Throne and the Royal Council have thus decided to end all business relations with the Muto Carpentry. With Muto Carpentry. All projects currently in progress will henceforth be discontinued, and any project currently under negotiation will henceforth be dismissed. Payment for labor already con- payment for labor already conducted has been determined taxable in full and will thus be added to the Hyrule Royal Treasury. May the light of Hylia May the light of Hylia shine on Hyrule and its throne.
1: Interesting indeed, I thought. For all that grand stating just one season ago, Muto's luck never quite recovered after the king suspended the contracts. He spent most of his time moping about in Kakariko Village these days. His crew scattered to the wind. A knock came on the door. Uh, Drawing both Zelda and my attention toward the sound, Impa, arms crossed and surly as ever, surly as ever, ducked into the room. She glanced at the princess, who sighed and hung her head.
7: I suppose that's my cue. I've been rather dreading this, you know. The silence that comes with trying to fall asleep.
1: But you need it, I encouraged. She smiled weakly.
7: We will see how much good it does, when all I can think about is...
1: Her voice trailed off, and she shook her head. Her shoulders drooped, her composure slipping completely. I stood and prepared to receive an an inevitable flow of tears as reality finally sunk in, but nothing came. She She shook herself out, straightened her shoulders, and donned her golden crown.
7: I appreciate your willingness to find my father's killer. I know it hasn't been easy. Please keep me informed of any information you find, won't you?
1: Of course, your highness. Zelda turned and left, switching places with her tall and daunting Sheikah advisor. Anything? I nodded. Nothing really solid, but certainly a couple clues. Better better than what I had before. You?
2: Medics confirmed poison in the silver chalice. I have ordered a thorough search of all Servants' quarters. Nothing yet.
1: Well, at least it was one thing I hadn't gotten right up to this point. Um, I reread the notes, um, then tucked them both into the King's Journal at the page with the Goron entry. I could ponder it all anew tomorrow. I needed to go home and catch some sleep. Or, or try, at least. I could still see the dead face, those blue lips, glass eyes, every time I uh, let my mind wander. The goddesses knew I'd be fighting... The goddesses knew I'd fight seeing it all again when I lay down, but necessity called, and I was no use to anyone asleep on my feet. I took my leave of the castle for the night.
8: The man's an idiot.
1: You don't believe him?
8: No, I do not. There is no way that man had anything to do with the king's death.
1: Now, normally, as I walk home, uh, when I passed the tavern, I just kept going. I wasn't at an age that I enjoyed drinking, nor was I much of a, per- nor was I much of a people watcher, and I certainly did not try to eavesdrop on conversations of patron wallflowers outside the walls, enjoying some fresh air and peace from the debauchery inside. But that last sentence, said by an elderly woman and her male companion sitting near one of the windows, caught my attention. I passed. I paused my stride and hung back to listen further.
8: You know you can't believe half of what he says. He spins five tales and can never remember who he's told and what he's said. If you go in there right now and ask him to tell it again. I guarantee he'll tell it differently.
1: He could have done it, though. The man pondered, shrugging and sloshing his ale, tankered over the ground. Um, he, she looked at him in mild disgust, but he carried on. He has an infatuation with that Gerudo king.
8: So you think he killed the king of Hyrule, that he was uncharacteristically brilliant long enough to pull off An assassination? All for a man who wouldn't even give him the time of day?
1: The man shrugged again, and this time the woman took his tankard from him and set it down next to her.
8: Then I challenge you to go in there right now and ask him to tell you how he did it. You know he'll tell you again. He's probably told so many people he's already forgotten, who knows?
1: Well then, I thought, resuming my pace, there's a convenient turn of events. Maybe someone has been telling his drunken compatriots a bit too much. Instead of carrying on past the tavern, I turned and walked right in. The place was rather full tonight, raucous, with a bardic group playing and almost every table and bar stool full. Part of me wondered what the appropriateness of it all was, um, in light of recent events, um, but everyone mourned in their own way, and let's be real here. Not everyone is going to care. The king hadn't been disliked, per se, but no one really knew him. No one really knew him in there. So to expect life to be anything but "go on was foolish. Um, a couple near the door uh, turned to look at me when I came in and, and I realized how odd I must have appeared. A young late teens kid, sword on my back, bags under my eyes and dressed in trademark green. Even in a crowd, I stood out. I pulled off my uh, conspicuous cap and tucked it into my tunic. Then my, made my way to the wall, made my way around the wall to an open seat toward the back, near the kitchen to get a better look. I studied the room to find my target. It took me a minute to find him, but eventually, my eyes landed straight on Ingo, in the middle of a small crowd on the other side of the bar, arms flailing as he wove his rather passionate tale. Even from my vantage point, I could see that. Even though his gathering was small, drunk, and probably barely paying attention, he was speaking to be heard. I scooted closer until I, too, could listen.
4: And as he stood and raised his glass, I knew this was it, my moment. Everything was coming together, and I would take his wretched life for Lord Gettendorf. It was my praises that would be sung. The king toasted us all, took a sip, and my heart raced. Everyone around me did the same, but I didn't, oh no, I wouldn't. He drank from a disgusting gilded cup. And the deed was done.
1: Gilded cup? But well, that wasn't right. I decided to pry without drawing too much attention. Summoning the bartender, I leaned over to the bar and flashed a red rupee.
8: Hey, the only reason I'm considering serving you, kid, is because I know who you are. And I would rather not have the royal guards on my...
1: I, I don't want a drink, I lowered my voice. I need a favor. The bartender... A lovely, sturdy woman who looked like she could command armies with a single glance tilted her head at me with a curious smirk. I took the expression as her way of saying, Go on. The guy over there, talking about the king.
8: You been in, go.
1: Yeah, yeah, him. How long has he been in here?
8: I'd say pretty much since you all released him from the castle. He hasn't shut up about the king's death. First about how he saw it, then about how he did it as though he was pushed into admitting it by a patron. But let me tell you, no one is taking him seriously. Every time he tells the story, it becomes more and more embellished. in, then a choking, now poison.
1: What's his most recent tale? The bartender glanced, glanced over my shoulder at, a man, at the man in question, chewing her lip.
8: When he came to present his master's gift from Lon Lon Ranch... He slipped a vial of poison into the king's cup, escaping even the watchful eyes of that Sheikah advisor always lurking around.
1: I snorted at this, but she didn't seem to notice.
8: He says he did it to see the king of the Gerudo reign supreme, and now he's going to be ranking official. Please, I'm surprised he's even trusted to shovel dung
1: Me too, I thought, but didn't say it. Has he said anything, or has he said what the king's cup looked like?
8: Gold, of course. What else would he drink from? Gold, jewel encrusted, and expensive enough to buy us all out of our homes.
1: And there it is. I grinned darkly and slid the money across the bar top, thanking her. Standing, I pulled out my cap, slapped it on my head, and walked straight to the middle of In- straight into the middle of Ingo's story time. It took me a second to note. It took him a, se- a second to notice me. But when he did. His eyes went wide. "Ingo," I greeted with a smile. "It seems I have my culprit, don't I?" The man tur- opened and closed his mouth several times before responding.
4: "Yes, it was me." "How'd you do it?" "Poison, of course. Mandrake."
1: I nodded, feigning being impressed. Honestly though, the sound of his voice made my skin crawl, and I just wanted him to hang <laughs> I just wanted him to hang himself on his words and be done with it. "His meal then?
7: His
4: drink?"
1: Ingo puffed up, standing to stare me at me, square on in challenge. I see.
4: I slipped it in his golden chalice when he wasn't looking.
1: Oh, right. He does love that cup.
4: I shall enjoy drinking from it when Lord Ganondorf comes to power.
1: I made a soft hmm in my throat. Well, I doubt that, Ingo. Ingo stared at me, yet kept silent. Um... You are correct that the king's downfall was poison, but it was, and it was in his cup. But he wasn't drinking from his gold cup. What? I shook my head. Castle medics found poison in the silver cup in a ca- castle medics found poison in the silver cup he had been drinking from, not gold. R- right, silver. <laughs> That's what I meant. Oh, this is too fun. No, you didn't. You were just trying to bolster yourself to gain favor with the man you think killed the king. When in fact, you don't have a clue who did it, do you? Suddenly, the entire room was silent. Attention wrapped upon us. It seemed I was not the only one waiting for Ingo to screw up, and his entire audience awaited his defeat. And he knew it. He stared at me, growling like a cornered animal. But I felt no worry. There was nothing he can do to me. And I could wait wait for him as long as necessary. No, he fi- he finally spat. I heard several, s- several snickers from nearby patrons, and he shot, she sh- he shot them with a look of rage.
4: I don't have a clue who killed the king, but if I did, I would shake his hand.
1: Go home, Ingo, I said, pointing to the door. I think when all this is said and done, I will be having a chat with Talon about you. Until then, I think you need to just leave town and not come back. I w- we wouldn't want Impa to find you more Find more reasons to lock you up, huh? Oh, that felt good. I've never seen his face so red before, and smoke practically rolled from his ears. But there was so little he could do. Ingo stood there, silently, and I can tell he was considering the sword on my back.
8: Go home, Ingo!
1: Came the voice of the bartender. The command was echoed by someone else, and then another, and then another. Until he threw up his hands and stormed out of the tavern's front door. The bar resumed its everyday life, and I breathed a sigh. One down, five to go. The next morning, still fresh off my first small victory in the case of the king's death, I found myself looking across the single vaulted room of Granny's Potion Shop in Kakarika Village. Its owner in attendant was a strange being with a long, thick neck, distractingly large, beak-like nose, and a pet cat that may or may not have been stuffed. She spoke in a high, brittle voice that almost sounded painful to her throat, the kind often attributed to advanced age. And she always held an air of mystery about her, and not a mystery I cared to solve. Most notably, though, was her taste in decor, a horrifying merger of pink and flowers everywhere and I will haunt you till the end of the day, or I will haunt you till the day you die. Um, Her shop tucked away behind the village's medicine shop should should have probably stayed in the shadows. Instead, it was lit by two massive blue torches that looked like something out of a wicked child's tale casting the bright garish walls in a dancing glow. But man, bring Granny a random collection of fresh herbs and mushrooms and she could work some amazing magic. Anything you needed, she'd whip it up in one of her massive cast-iron vats. Never tasted great, but certainly cured whatever ailed you. Including, apparently, monarchs. Castle physicians had found the king's downfall to be professionally crafted blends of poisonous mushrooms and nightshade flour, not mandrake as Ingo had claimed. Upon learning of the poison, upon learning of the poison's chemistry, my thoughts immediately went to Granny, as Hyrule's premier potions master. The woman had spent her entire life creating potions. If she did make it, she could probably tell them, tell them, tell me who did. Her smiles at me, and she smiled at me, and suddenly reala- and I suddenly realized that I had been standing in the room silently, staring at her for an unnaturally long time.
0: Are you going to come in, or just look at me?
1: Forgive me, Granny. I was just looking at the wallpaper. I- is it new?
0: You noticed.
1: I had it changed last week. It's horrendous, I thought. Lovely!
0: Thank you, Blink. Come, come. I have a new blend of blue potion for you, too.
1: Oh, I'm not here for that. I met her disappointed look um, as her face fell and, I sc- and scratched the back of my neck. But save me some. I will come back. Uh, that brightened her. Business could carry on as needed. I slid a slip of paper across the counter to her. Could I have you take a look at this for me? Granny picked up the paper and unfolded it. She had to tilt down her large pointed nose, and I couldn't help but wonder if that particular feature hindered her vision. I cert- It certainly distracted my own. Um, it didn't seem to bother her, though, as she read to herself a list of ingredients found in the king's digestive system, making little sounds of interest in her throat. Mm-hmm.
0: I know this mix anywhere. My own personal little work of art called The Seven Year Sleep. But this list here is sealed with the crest of the royal family. Surely my handiwork was not responsible for the death of our beloved
1: king? I nodded. Sadly, Grammy, it was. Which is why I need to know if, if you had sold any lately.
0: Hmm. Oh, sure.
1: She bent and disappeared below her counter. Her back and neck creaked and popped unnaturally, lending more to the notion that she was rather old, like an antique doll. I grimaced, and sounds turn, uh, the sounds turning my stomach. She hefted a m- massive brown registry book onto the counter. The thing had to weigh more than she did. On its cover, in peeling gold, a year range, which included the current time. I didn't even ha- I didn't even get time to dread waiting for her to flip through the entire thing, to find where she uh, find what she was looking for, before she was sliding the book to me, ver- open to the very page I needed.:
0: It's not a very popular poison, honestly, for the gruesome way it kills. basically messes with the chemical composition of the bile in your stomach until your body rejects it and you drown in your own juices.:
1: The subdued excitement in her voice made me <laughs> uncomfortable. I stared at her, trying not to imagine what happened uh, imagine that happening to the king. It failed. The line of yellow foam I had that had been tracing down from his mouth didn't help. As I suddenly realized exactly what it was, she pressed on.
0: Mostly, it's used against particularly pesky pets, like the, the likes of which farmers and their crops haven't seen in a few years, so sales have gone a bit stagnant. There have only been a couple people who have purchased it. I hope this helps.
1: I thanked her, and she went, to make herself scarce uh, behind the massive red curtain, leaving me to my investigation, the cat went with her, jumping and sauntering away, tail flicking leisurely. "Huh," I said. "Apparently you are real." It turned, it turned me as if to say, it turned to me as if to say, "Oh please!" before disappearing behind the same curtain. I looked down at the registry, a list of names, quantities, and dates beneath the header Seven Years Sleep. It was like a glimpse into uh, into historical pest trends over the past decade. For a few years, sales of the potion would be nearly negligible, then clusters of names over the course of the growing season. Then nothing again for several years. I scanned down to the bottom of the list. Have you ever had one of those moments when you get an answer uh, you thought you wanted until you had it in your hands? The feeling of unease, of regret so heavy, and all you can do is beg the powers that be to just erase all knowledge of the moments before. What I saw, I could not unsee, and I felt my stomach drop to my feet. I let out a very heavy sigh, wishing I just forgo- I could just forget. Three names, mere days apart. All three people had been here. All three had picked up a single vial each of seven years' sleep. Prior to the king's grand banquet, my head found its way to my, into my hands as I wondered now how to confront them. Ruto... Muto, and Naburu. Oh, goddess, why? It didn't bode well for me, or for them. My summons root. my summons to Ruto to return to the castle was surprisingly answered with compliance and haste. Normally I would have gone to her, to Zora's domain, but this time I felt asking her to come to me, where I had the upper hand in, cases, if, in case things went sour, was the wiser move. After all, I had once been engaged to the Zora princess by a matter of misunderstanding and technicality, and, and though things ended up in a rather positive note, I know part of her still harbored a bit of resentment. That's the sort of personal history that could fuel a fire. And what I knew about Granny's registry, I was very aware that I was about to light a spark. Still, I found myself in the council chambers of the castle, staring across the table into her large, hard eyes. The only other person in the room was Impa, standing by the door. And I knew on the other side, more guards waited, just in case. Of course, so did she and part of me wondered if I should have dismissed them to make her feel more comfortable, and prone to opening up. But I also knew that, if push came to Blade, I might have hesitated against her. I needed someone, or someones, to help me do what needed to be done. If at all. I stared quietly at Ruto for a moment, letting the tense silence linger just a little while longer, with so much history between us I knew, at least in part, her tells. She may have carried with her a royal resolve and a fiery confidence, but she always let her little hints of emotion show when she was caught off guard. A look of surprise or a flash of anger might have been all I needed. That was my plan of attack, to go after her emotions. I wanted to ask you a few questions, if that's all right, Ruto. I began. She eyed me, posture rigid and unforgiving.
3: Were it not, I would not be here.
1: What did I expect? Knowing Ruto as I did, again, I was surprised... She was here at all. I carried on. Listen, I know this isn't easy for you. Being accused of regicide is nothing short of a pure insult, I'm sure. Putting the delicate balance between Castletown and Zora's domain on the line? I want to clear all this up as fast as possible. Saving the sanctity of character for all those who are innocent and preserving our relationships. I just have a couple questions, a couple moments I am unclear on, and I could really use your help. She scoffed. You're not going to make this easy on me, are you? So tell me, what do you think about the relationships between the castle and Zoro's domain? Uh, things have been a bit tense recently, with ac- accusations of overfishing dis- disturbing supply.
3: My father and King Hyrule were working to solve this issue. I had faith in them to maintain
1: peace. Yet, as our relations are currently, Zoro's domain has been strained to meet agreed-upon quotas.
3: And yet we have.
1: I growled to myself, wanting nothing more than put my head down in, exas- in, in exasperation. Rudo had always been headstrong and self-assured, and, and honestly, I rather admired admire her for it, even as she forced me to carry uh, her around on my back when we were kids, even though it was aggravating. Um, somehow, I restrained myself from expressing annoyance, but the irritation remained just below the surface, waiting. Some of your people have begun to believe the Zora are merely servants to Highlands, to our crown. They tell autonomy has been lost over the generations. She glared at me, offering nothing. Care to comment on that? I asked.
3: Our people have lived in tandem for ages. We acknowledge the same goddesses, and were forged by their hands. It was meant that we should serve each other, protectors of the land and sea.
1: How many times has she rehearsed that line? She spoke to me not as a Ruto, not as Ruto but as a Zora princess and her representative of their royal family just as she should have yet i pressed at the party you were heard overhe- you were overheard expressing these opinions of dissent to two council members two council members wives
3: what i say and believe and what my station and title require do not need to be the same link
1: her came her words came at me like daggers but they made little sense That's not how this works, I thought to myself, and opened my mouth to say just that. She beat me to it.
3: My actions must always be for the greater good of my people, not to humor the disgruntled few. Maintaining a peace between Zora and the presiding throne of Hyrule must always come first.
1: Her phrasing caught me off guard. Ruto had been one for clever words and turn of phrase. She said exactly... Ruto had never been one for clever words and turns of phrase. She, had exact- she said exactly what was on her mind, sometimes before she even considered the implications. When she said something, her words painted a clear image of her thoughts and beliefs, with no other way to interpret meaning. Presiding, Ro- presiding throne of Hyrule to her was just that. She did not mean the throne of Hylians. She meant the throne that held power. Her very liquid phrase, a very l- liquid phrase indeed. I decided this was my moment to bring up her purchase of the poison. Is that why you purchased the 7 years sleep, to shift the pre- uh, presiding throne of Hyrule? She hesitated, and never, had a, and never had a silent scream so loud. Clearly, she had never expected to be connected with the poison. Granny keeps a register, a complete record of all the potions that walk out of her door. You purchased the single vial of her pest-control poison a fortnight ago. Traces of the very same poison was found in the king's system.
3: Circumstantial,
1: she said grasping into a loose thread and she was right but it wasn't a circumstance I was keen to let uh, let of, let go of right then true but you cannot deny it looks a bit odd my brief stutter gave her the opportunity to retaliate
3: odd does not constitute guilt what I purchased that portless for does not concern you but I can assure you it was not to murder his majesty that would not be for the greater good of my people
1: I fail to understand, though, Ruto. I need, I need your help.
3: My purchase should not concern you just as much as the complications of internal political debate. You are a blade, Link. You follow orders. What we do in the chambers of our respective councils is outside, your, outside of your realm of need to know.
1: Ouch. Until a couple of days ago, I would have, arg- I would have agreed with you, but now it is my concern. The reigning patriarch of Hyrule was forced to drown in his bodily fluids by someone, and I need to know who. I owe it to the kingdom, to the princess. Her, not, her eyes narrowed at the mention of the king's daughter. That might have sparked something. So then, I folded my arms in front of me, trying to give off both an air of authority and a sense of openness. Yet the circles she led me around, or the circles she led me in, and the doors she closed behind me, the doors she closed before me, only served to irritate me more. She was shutting down, and I could see it. Why can't you tell me? If not to kill the king of Hyrule, and not to put your, your own people in, in harm's way, why purchase something so specialized?
3: It is not a matter of public record, and therefore none of your concern. Ask your princess, if you must, or Ganondorf even.
1: Her eyes flew open. I did not think it was possible for a, flesh girl, uh, a, for a fish girl to pale. But suddenly, all, co- all color visibly drained from her face. She said too much. What about Ganondorf Ruto? She said. Or she stood, the scales around her neck completely rigid, her fins flayed. Um, a holdover from an old Zora instinct to make oneself look as large as possible when threatened.
3: This meeting is over. I'm returning home.
1: Her feet thudded hard against the floor as she stomped to the door. Impa barred her way, and to Ruto's credit, she stood tall, commanding the Sheikah to move. It's okay, Impa, I said. Let her go. Impa obliged with a curt nod, and Rudo slammed the door behind her. Ganondorf, I thought. What does he have to do with the Zora? Another path, another twist My head spun, and finally I took a moment to set and I finally took a moment to set it on the table. Link. Five more minutes, Navi.
2: Link, get up.
1: Please, please, just a little bit more time.
2: Are you going to sleep all evening? Get up.
1: I was rudely jolted awake by a sharp jerking of my shoulders, pulled to stand by a moment by momentarily unseen force. I swayed, staring at the grains of wood on the table to try and find my ground. They undulated, then slowed, and finally, I lifted my eyes up to Impa, standing next to me while standing next to me with a firm grip on my upper arm. She let go.
2: This is a matter of importance. You need to come with me.
1: How, how long was I out? She spun on her heel and beckoned me to follow um, her out of the council chambers. I struggled to keep up with, my, uh, with her broad steps, jelly legs still trying to process what, that I was awake.
2: About an hour.
1: I don't even remember falling asleep. She had no response. Continuing to her yet unknown destination, she took me a little too, she, it took me a little too long to process that, though she normally acted with haste and purpose. This pace was fueled by worry, perhaps even fear. Something is wrong. She descended a set of stairs near the kitchen, and I could hear the sounds of servants putting the finishing touches on dinner, and my, stu- my stomach grumbled in, uh, in protest. Part of me considered just sneaking in and snagging a sample of the, ev- the evening's delights, but the revelation that something worried the princess's advisor kept me following. I'd come back for it, though. (laughs) Below the kitchen, we entered the Hall of Servants' Quarters. Like a maze, we round until we finally reached a completely uniform wooden door. Nothing about it stood out to me. So how Impa could identify it as our destination instead of, say, any of the other other dozen we passed? I don't know. She put her hand on the doorknob, then hesitated.
2: What you hear in here, Link, must not be repeated. Do you understand? What? I asked, do you understand? This is not something we need getting out of these quarters, let alone the castle. Say you understand.
1: I drew back, gut telling me to turn tail and go home. Nothing could come of whatever was on the other side of that door. Stupidly, my mouth pronounced my understanding. Impa opened the door and ushered me inside. I stepped into what looked like a quaint little living room, decorated in white and pastels. A single couch a small chair in a matching ottoman, a bookshelf next to the small desk, and about a dozen or so paintings scattered along the walls that looked like they had been done by a small child. On the outside wall, heavy curtains had been drawn tightly over a single large window, casting the room into a bit of a shadow and furthering the notion of secrecy. In the chair, looking like she wanted to sink into it and beca- become part of the decor, a thin-framed woman sat with hands white-knuckled on... Um, on her... On her knees. Even from where I stood, I could tell she was shaking, and she refused to look up when I answered. She simply pointed to her couch.
5: Welcome to my home,
3: Master Link. Can I get you something to drink?
1: No, thank you, I said, uh, sitting in her offered spot. Is everything okay? She did not answer, and instead looked up at Impa, still standing in the door. Uh, the servant's swollen eyes, bright green, betrayed her shed tears. My mind... Reminded me when I, my mind reminded me that I really should just run. Last chance. You don't get to. You don't want to know whatever you're about to hear.
2: Go ahead. He needs to know.
1: No, I don't. I thought, it's okay. I pushed. Traitor. <laughs> the girl took several deep breaths, um, and I took a moment to remind myself to do the same. I did not want to be there. Everything inside me told me that I was in over my head, and I had become. And it, and that became my new reality, hadn't it? From the moment I told Zelda I'd come to her father's birthday banquet.
5: Where should I start?
1: The girl asked weakly, looking more, looking once more to Impa.
3: The poison.
1: She nodded, still making eye contact with me.
3: I didn't really know what it was, only that she needed it. I thought it would be harder to steal, but
1: start, start from the beginning, please. I said, raising my hand. Are you saying you took the seven-year sleep? Yes. From whom?
5: From the Gerudo. Ganondorf? No, the other one. The woman.
1: I raised my head in understanding. Naburu. That connected with what I knew. I encourage her to continue.
3: I hid it here until she needed it.
1: I wondered which she she meant.
3: But someone stole it from me, tore my entire quarters apart looking for it.
1: Do you know who? She shook her head and a tear slipped down from her eyes. Why did you why did you need it? She hung her head, her shoulders hunched, her entire form shrank back, hands shaking so violently that I had uh, that I was afraid she'd somehow hurt herself. I scooted forward and tried to soothe her, hands raised, palms out. She grabbed my hands, crushing it against her chest. Whoa, okay. I didn't
3: know at the time. I'm so sorry. I couldn't I couldn't have known something terrible would come of it, not
5: like this. I only did what she asked of me, and it doesn't even matter, because I never got the chance to give it to her.
1: She sobbed. Obviously just how much she was hurting my hand, though. I didn't stop her. Her words didn't make sense, but she was talking, and that was something. She she had a secret she wanted to tell me. Finally, finally, she looked me in the eye.
5: She offered me to steal the poison, because she knew no one else would do what needed to be done.
1: Who was it? Who asked you to take the poison from Niburu? Remember that thing I said about seeking answers, then finding them and instantly feeling that awful, awful sense of regret? Like nothing you could ever do would prepare you? The girl looked at me, eyes bugging, begging me to read her mind so she didn't have to say it. But she did, and for the rest of my life, I knew I wish she hadn't.
0: My lady,
5: Princess Zelda.
0: Thank you for listening, and be sure to join us next week for Part 2. Don't forget to head to Podbean and iTunes to like and subscribe to the Champions cast. Happy Halloween!